I'd like to share with you, please, in the Epistle to the Hebrews on chapter 11. The Epistle to the Hebrews on chapter 11. We'll read, please, from verse 30. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 30. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell down after they were compassed about seven days. By faith, the harbot, harlot Rahab perished not with them that believed not when she had received the spies with peace. And what shall I say more for the time would fail me to tell of Gideon and of Barak and of Samson and of Jephthah, of David also and Samuel and of the prophets, who through faith subdued kingdoms, wrought righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lands, quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, out of weakness were made strong, waxed valiant in fight, turned to flight the armies of aliens, women received their dead, raised to life again, and others were tortured, not accepting deliverance, that they may obtain a better resurrection. And others had trial of cruel mockings and scourgings, yea, moreover of bonds and imprisonment. They were stoned, they were sawn asunder, were tempted, were slain with the sword. They wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, tormented, of whom the world was not worthy. They wandered in deserts and in mountains and in dens and caves of the earth. And these all, having obtained a good report through faith, Receive not the promise. God having provided something better for us, that they without us should be made perfect. This is the great chapter in the Bible of faith. There is no greater chapter that deals with this great theme of faith than chapter 11 of Hebrews. You see the passage that we have read. You learn three things from it. The epistle to the Hebrews chapter 7 breaks down into seven sections. We're in the sixth and seventh section of the breakdown. But you'll learn three simple things from this passage that we've read. You'll learn how faith triumphs over the world's defenses. You'll learn how faith triumphs over the world's doom. And you'll learn how faith triumphs over the world's devices. You'll realize this, that this, these walls of Jericho, they were tremendously built Every crevice was closed. Every, there were watches put on Jericho. You couldn't get in and you couldn't get out. And yet through faith, the people of God, who I want to say to you, were unarmed. They didn't have a weapon. No weapons. And they walked into the, into the city of Jericho. Of course, the walls fell down. Why? Because faith triumphed over the world's defenses. It also triumphed over the world's doom. The whole city of Jericho was doomed to disaster. So evil was the city that God had condemned it that every, everybody in that city was to be wiped out. And yet there was one woman in the city called Rahab who proved that she could triumph over the world's doom. And then as you go on, you'll see how there was triumph over the world's devices. Did you notice, please, in verse 32, an interesting thing? Did you notice that there are four judges mentioned? Four judges. Did you notice uh, Gideon, Barak, Samson, and Jephthah? Did you notice that there's one king, David, and one prophet, Samuel? 
It's a very interesting thing if you look at the judges, and then we'll get on to Rahab. If you look at Gideon, Gideon was an exercised man. He had an exercise from God to do great exploits. He was an exercised man. If you look at Barak, Barak was an exhorted man. If you look at Samson, Samson was an exceptional man. And if you look at Jephthah, he was an excommunicated man. All of them have one thing in common. Did you notice this about them? All of them have one thing in common, and that is a woman. For number one, Gideon had a concubine. She endangered him. You remember this one? Barak had Deborah. She uh, encouraged him. S Samson had Delilah. She enslaved him. And then you have Jephthah, who was the excommunicated man. He had a daughter, and she entrapped him. Tremendous thing that there are four, four judges mentioned, and then there is one king and one prophet. You think of the, the king, a man after God's own heart. David was called the man after God's own heart. Think of Samuel too. The ages, the biblical ages rested on Samuel. Did you know that? The whole of biblical history rested on Samuel. You see, Samuel was the last of the judges, but he was the first of the prophets. He was an exceptional man, a man of God. He was, a, he was God's emergency man. What a man he was. And you have all these great characters that conquered through their lives by faith. Now, some of them are named, and some of them are not named. Did you notice that? When you leave verse 32, you come into verse 33 where it says, Who through faith subdued kingdoms? These are the ones that aren't, that aren't uh, named. Who through faith subdued kingdoms? We'll have a wee bit of a, of a, a question now. Who's that referring to? Who would that be? Who through faith subdued kingdoms? Can you think of anybody? It's referring, of course, to Moses who subdued the kingdom of Egypt. Who through faith of, of subdued kingdoms? That's referring to Daniel, who subdued the kingdom of Babylon. And then have a wee look further down. Uh, who quenched the violence of fire. Could you think of anybody who quenched the violence of fire? Who that refers to? Doesn't give them their name. Anybody in the Bible who quenched the violence of fire? Shadrach, Meshach, and the Bendigo. So great, so great was the power of God that when they came out of the fire, it says there wasn't even there wasn't even the smell of fire upon them. These men quenched the violence of fire. And then you see it says that uh, widows, women received their dead raised to life. Can you think of any of the women in the Bible who received their dead raised to life? Some of the widows in the Bible, women who received their dead raised to life. Well, there's the widow of Zarephath received her, her dead raised to life again through Elijah. And then there's the widow of Shuman who received her dead brought to life again through the ministry of Elisha. So these are tremendous chapters of the Bible dealing with this great subject of faith. I hope it whet your appetite for it because I think it's absolutely tremendous. But what I want to speak on mainly is this woman in verse, um, verse 30, 31, by faith Rahab, the harlot. I want to speak on her just for a moment. If you look at Rahab, 
She's mentioned three times in the New Testament. Did you know that? She's mentioned in Matthew chapter 1. She's mentioned in Hebrews. And she's mentioned in that famous chapter of James chapter 2. There's a threefold chord. There's a threefold chord of New Testament scripture that verifies this woman called Rahab. Now, it says she was a harlot. And if you read all the higher criticism, and lots of people who preach, they'll all try and tell you, ah, but it doesn't really mean that. It doesn't really mean she was a harlot. And if you read books, it'll say, oh, well, it doesn't really mean she was a harlot. And it causes confusion, you see, because it's very easy to associate Abraham with faith. It's very easy to associate Moses with faith. It's very easy for the writers to associate Joshua with faith. But how could you associate a harlot with faith? And so some of the preachers and some of the writers shy away from the fact that Rahab was a harlot. Now I'll prove to you that she was. I'll prove to you that she was. You see, in the, in the Hebrew language, the word harlot in Joshua can be interpreted as hostess. That's only one interpretation of it. And lots of these people who want to explain it away, they just say, ah, oh, she was only a hostess. But it doesn't stand up the biblical truth. I'll tell you why. The Bible record is totally correct. Do you know why? Do you know how you prove that Rahab was a harlot? Do you know how you prove it? In Hebrews 11, chapter 31, there's only one meaning to the word. Do you know what the meaning to the word is in Hebrews 11:31 that we read? A seller of self. And that settles the argument. Rahab was a seller of self. A woman who sold herself. And so the Bible record is absolutely accurate. Rahab was a harlot. But you know what I'm going to tell you? It was designed by the Spirit of God that Rahab, who was a harlot, is named in the Scripture. A woman who sold herself. Do you know why Rahab is in chapter 11 of Hebrews? Do you know why she's there? She's there to prove and to demonstrate what faith in God can do. What faith in God can do. Do you know that hymn that we sing? The vilest offender who truly believes that moment from Jesus a pardon receives. That hymn could apply to Rahab because God took her and through her faith in God, God set her among the princes and the princesses of his people. Now you say, how do you prove that? How did God set her among the princes and the princesses of his people? Well, her name appears beside the name Sarah. What does Sarah mean? Rahab's name appears beside the word Sarah. What does Sarah mean? Do you know what Sarah means? Sarah means princess. Princess. And so God took this harlot, this, this dark, sinful woman that Hebrews speaks of as a seller of self, and God gave this woman saving faith. So that's the first thing I want you to grasp this morning from the message. Rahab had saving faith. Hallelujah. What a moment it was. But let me say this to you. 
Rahab had singular faith. Say, what do you mean singular faith? Well, by that I mean this, that in the city of Jericho, this woman stood alone. This woman stood alone. That's why I'm saying she had singular faith. You see, the city of Jericho was a trading city. It was a great city that boasted its own king. Do you know Jericho boasted to have its own king? It was a massive trading city. But it was an evil city. It was an evil city. It was so evil that God put on record in Joshua 6 and 21. He ordered, God ordered its utter destruction. Men and women, young and old, oxen and sheep, says the Holy Ghost, were all to be utterly destroyed because of the evil of the city. And after the destruction, do you know how God looked upon Jericho? That after it was destroyed, God put a curse on it, and he cursed anyone who would try to raise it from the ground again. Now, why am I telling you that? For this reason. It was in this cesspit of sin. It was in this dark, dark, evil city that Rahab's faith took root in God. And it took more than root. It flowered and it flourished. In the worst possible environment, her faith flourished until eventually it resulted in not only her own salvation, but the salvation of many of her family and her friends. What a lesson this is. What a lesson it is. One might live in a back street in Belfast where sin abounds. You and I could live or, or go to a school where sin abounds. We could work in, a, in an environment of foul language and evil and darkness. We could. But I want to tell you this. Yet in these circumstances, here's a woman, a seller of self, a darkened minded woman and yet she had singular faith she stood alone in a city that was filled with evil and darkness what a woman she was i remembered or it reminded me do you know the little chorus we used to sing about daniel dare to be a daniel well i changed it a little bit dare to be a rahab dare to stand alone Dare to have a hope that's firm and dare to make it known. Rahab had saving faith. Her trust was in God. But she had singular faith against all odds. Do you ever get situations where you're in a, in a particular circumstances and you know what you say to yourself? Boys, it would be embarrassing to say I'm a Christian here. Or boys, it would be embarrassment to raise a rebuke here. Or oh... This woman stood firm. This woman had saving faith. This woman had singular faith. Even though she stood alone, she stood for God in an evil day. Can I say this to you, the third thing I learned from it? This woman had stable faith. This woman had stable faith. Joshua chapter 2 verse 9 says, you know what she says? She says to the spies, I know, I know that God has given you this land. And she said that 
before ever a spy put his foot in the land or the city of Jericho. She said that before ever one of the men in Jericho could see the army coming. She said it before anything had happened. I know, she says, I know that God has given you the land. And of course, in common with many, Rahab said, we have heard how the Lord had brought you through the Red Sea. She rehearsed to the spies. When she met the spies, she rehearsed to the spies some of the great things that God had done for his people. And then she said this. Maybe you didn't know this. Here's, here's what she said to the spies. And when we considered what God had done for his people, here's what she said. And our hearts, our hearts did melt within us. The fear of God had gripped our soul. The fear of God had gripped our soul. Isn't that what's wrong with Ulster today? There no longer is a fear of God. And even among the Lord's people, there is no longer a fear of God. The fear of God gripped this woman's soul. But the fear of God will never save you alone. It's faith that saves souls. Most people turned and trusted their natural defenses. Do you know what the natural defenses of Jericho were? There was, a, was the River Jordan was one of them. One of the natural defenses of Jericho was the River Jordan and, of course, the walls that went round the city. Do you know what the rest of the people in Jericho did? They trusted in the wall. Do you know what the rest of the people in Jericho did? They trusted in the barrier of the river. Jericho was tightly sealed off. Jericho had special watches in the street. Every crevice was sealed. One of the great writers said, not a flea could get into Jericho or out of Jericho without the army knowing. Jericho was sealed off completely. And the people of Jericho, do you know what they did? They trusted in their own defenses. All of them. Except one woman, Rahab. Rahab says, I know that the Lord has given you this land. And before Jericho fell at all, God who took his people, would you hear this? I thought this was wonderful. The Lord spoke to me last night. Would you hear this? Before ever a stone in Jericho was moved, the God who took his people through the Red Sea, you got that now? The God who took his people, three million of them, the God who took three million through the Red Sea, are you telling me that this God, quite obviously, wasn't able to take his army across the Jordan? They trusted in the works of their own hands. The God who could subdue, listen to this, the God who could subdue two of the kings of the Amorites. Could he not conquer one king in Jericho? Rahab believed in God. I'll tell you another thing she believed in. She believed in coming judgment. Her faith led her to the spies and received them in peace. Her faith led her, she listened to the message of the spies. She listened to the word of God. 
shall listen to the message of the spies. And for a moment after the spies' departure, she held on to the words that she'd heard. Why? Because I'll tell you why. See the weeks when the spies came and went away. What did, what did Rahab do to demonstrate her faith? When I was a wee lot, I was intrigued with it. I was intrigued with Rahab. I was intrigued with the fact that her house was on the wall of the city. Could you imagine living in a wee house on the wall in the city? But what intrigued me more was this scarlet cord. This scar I used to wonder about this scarlet cord. And when the spies went away, she hung a scarlet cord out of the window. Do you know what it proves? Not only had she saving faith, not only had she singular faith, she had a stable faith. You see, Rahab's faith was stable. We say, what do you mean? Well, she wasn't up and down. She wasn't here in a way. She was there continually with her cord out the window, stable in her faith. Do you know the faith that pleases God? Do you know the only faith that pleases God? Is consistent faith. Not like the Laodiceans. One minute you're hot, the next minute you're cold. That's not the faith that pleases God. The faith that pleases God is stable faith. Consistent faith. Consistent in the walk. And Rahab, it says, Rahab moved by faith. Can I tell you this before I finish? She had self-denying faith. Saving faith, singular faith, stable faith, self-denying faith. Do you know what she did? What a lesson for us. She put her own life in jeopardy because of the things she believed. I'm going to say that again. This woman put her own life in jeopardy because of the things she believed. Her faith had feet. I put my hands up there and that was wrong, wasn't it? But I didn't think, I'm getting that old, I couldn't get my leg up. Her faith had feet. Her faith had hands. And she showed it to the spies when they came. James tells us her faith was justified by her works. Don't get up here and make fine platitudes. Don't get up here and be a hypocrite. Don't get up here and tell other people what they should do if you're not doing it yourself. That's the truth. Her faith had hands. Her faith had feet. When was the last time you gave a tract out? When was the last time you knocked a door? Her faith had hands. This was real faith in God. And she had stable faith, but she had self-denying faith. Faith and works. One of the great writers said, faith and works are like Siamese twins. They are. I'm afraid they are. They're born together. Faith and works grow up together. Does our faith work like that? Have we got the practical faith? Or are we dead? Have we died? Have we, has our testimony died 15 years ago? Oh, we're going through the motions. We are going through the motions. 
And we'll say the right things. I'm preaching to myself. We'll say the right things. That's what Brother said this morning when he gave thanks for the bread. Help, help us not just to let this become like a ritual pattern. This woman had faith in her hands and in her feet. And I'll tell you what, her faith was demonstrated by her works. Can I tell you this? She had sympathetic faith. Do you know who she had sympathetic faith towards? She had sympathetic faith towards those of her own household. Do you know what this woman's faith made her do? It made her be concerned about those she loved. You take a prayer meeting. Take my own prayer meeting. Not even talk about here. Take a prayer meeting. How many come? How many come to the prayer meeting? Not here, I'm talking about myself. How many come? How many have boys and girls not saved? We've all friends not saved. But so seldom. And you see within brethrenism, you see within brethrenism, it's become almost an embarrassment for some of them to say, I have a boy not saved. Or I have a girl not saved. It's almost an embarrassment. They don't want to say it in a prayer meeting in case somehow or other it's a slight on their, their Christian walk. Well, I'm telling you, I have a boy not saved. I have a boy not saved. We have done everything we could to bring him, to witness to him, to plead with God and to cry before God. And we do it to this day. Tell me, this woman, her faith was, her faith touched her heart. And she was concerned by those in her own home. Her own home. You know what Rahab was concerned about? Rahab was concerned that her friends and her family would die when the judgment of God came. Are we concerned? She was concerned that she would lose her family under the wrath of God when it was poured forth upon the city. In Joshua chapter 2 and 12, she had concern for her family. You know what she did? Do you know what she did? I, I think this is brilliant. A lesson for me. I don't know why it's a lesson for you. Do you know what she did? She gathered her whole family together in the wee house on the wall. Say, why is that significant, David? She gathered her whole family together in the wee house on the wall. Why is that significant? I'll tell you why it's significant. You watching now? She used her house like Noah used the ark. She used her house like Noah used the ark. And she gathered them all in. Her faith was a sympathetic faith. Do you know what sympathetic faith makes a man do? Do you know what sympathetic faith makes a man do? It makes strong men weep. You listening to me? Sympathetic faith makes strong men weep over erring boys and erring girls. Like David for Absalom. David wept 
before God for Absalom. There's a terrible indifference. There's a terrible indifference. Across the province today, Rahab had a real concern for her family. And then I'll close. She had a sanctifying faith. She was known as Rahab the harlot. You know, old names stick, don't they? Bad names, bad names stick. They do. And she was known, even to this day, she was known as Rahab the harlot. But I believe that faith took root in Rahab's heart before ever the spies arrived. And I believe that do you, know, do you know what I believe, Aidan? I believe faith gripped this woman's heart before even the spies came. And that's the reason why God spent, sent the spies to her house. Her heart had already been spoken to. And her heart had already been prepared. God had in a wicked city a sanctified woman ready for his use and he set her apart for spiritual service she became the wife do you know who she married she married Solomon a prince of the tribe of Judah that's who she married God set her apart she exercised faith she married Solomon a prince of the tribe of Judah and you know something as I close that's why Rahab's name appears in the, great, in the great gallery of Matthew chapter 1 of all the ancestors of the Lord Jesus Christ right down to the time of his birth in Bethlehem. Rahab became an ancestress of Christ. What an honor. What an honor. We've seen her come from saving faith, singular faith, sanctifying faith. We've saw her come the whole way through. And how does she end? She ends her life in the gallery of Matthew chapter 1 in the genealogy of the Savior of the world. What an honor for this woman. My friends in Valley Halbert, I'll end with this. That's what faith can do. It can take the pauper and it can make him a prince. It can take a shoemaker and make him one of the greatest preachers in the world. And as my mother used to sing quite regularly at home, it is no secret. It is no secret what God can do. Is there a woman here? Is there a woman here and God has been speaking to you. May the Lord bless you. May this message be a confirmation. And may this message be a challenge. That will be more like Rahab. What an honor. That's what faith can do. Let's just close in a word of prayer. Our Heavenly Father, we thank Thee for the assembly here in Ballyhalbert. We thank thee for so many friends that we have here and so many believers that we love in the Lord.
and we just tenderly now commit the assembly and our friends to thee. We pray thy hand upon all of the assembly here, and we pray that in the days that lie ahead, that thou wilt deepen our faith, help us to walk with thee, and help us to be more like Rahab, to have this wonderful, wonderful faith, that faith that pleaseth God. Write this message on our hearts, we pray. Take us home safely and encourage all of us, Lord. Encourage us in the things of God to pray for our family. And in this year of 2022, we pray that in Bally Halbert, we know there are some boys and girls over whom many tears are shed. We know there are hearts that ache. And we know that there are many prayers that ascend to thee for those near and dear to us who aren't saved. O Lord, we pray for Bally Halbert, that which make this a year of salvation, when many, many of the families and friends will come and put their trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. Bless us now, we pray, as we separate the one from the other. We ask it in that name which is above every name, the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen.